Welcome to the If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, also known as I Hope It's a Funny Aneurysm. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 2, Episode 16, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. We're going to be talking about plot. We're going to be talking about characters. We're going to be talking about oxytocin and also love spells. Spoilers abound for this episode and any episode before it, after it, the comics, and possibly even other shows or movies. Keep listening so that we don't have to forcibly make you continue by putting a spell on you. Hey! Hey, everybody! Hello! Daniel, say hello! Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. That's almost. Stacia, say hello. Hello. (laughs) Hands in the air. Time to do Buffy. All right. You do this every single time, so I I just felt like I needed to... Oh, yeah, you do. Because I'm excited. I know. Because I'm excited to be But I just wanted to join you. With you talking about my favorite show of all time ever. I think I'm a groupie! This week's episode was written by Marty Noxon, who has done a few so far, and directed by James A. Contner, of which he directed 20 fucking episodes of Buffy. I had no idea. Whoa. Well, like, I thought he was a complete rando. This is a fir- his first one, but he also does Helpless, which I love, New Moon Rising, which uh, Willow and Terry get together, so. as well as Empty Places, which is uh, episode season seven where Buffy gets kicked out of the house because they're like, we're tired of you being in charge. Rawr. So that's fun. This episode originally aired on February 10th, 1998. So to get us in the mood, we can start talking about this episode. Let's get some news. What was going on this week in 1998? Robots. And now the news. News time indeed, Kelly, loving the new theme song, hi Stacia, Derek. Hello Karen. Royston, hello. Any Valentine's plans? Not that I'm aware of, aren't you in Iraq? I am, just seeing if the love code I wrote is working. It isn't. To the news we go, tally ho. I guess I've just been through it so many times. I mean, Bill and I have been accused of everything, including murder, by some of the very same people who are behind these allegations, says Hillary Clinton, oblivious to how much worse it will get. In Birmingham, Alabama, a bomb explodes in an abortion clinic killing one. The US lifts its ban on avocados from Mexico. Those two events aren't related, yet it's never felt like we've lived a moment without either these last 20 years. OJ Simpson was found liable in the murder he got away with and ordered to pay 8.5 million dollars. Quickly, like in real life, the Winter Olympics kicked off in Salt Lake City in 1998. Bison are wandering out into farmland, how dare they, and Maine voted to rescind a gay rights law from 1997 in an election with 30% turnout. Go Maine. Is that all? Is that all for you? Patty, please. I got you girl. Stop tripping Royston, you straight pulling a Xander. In movies, there's nothing really except Star Wars is back for its 20th anniversary. Man, I wish they'd make another Star Wars said no one. In music, Rob Halford of Judas Priest revealed his, gasp, homosexuality for the first time on MTV. To celebrate, there's Dixie Chicks Wide Open Spaces, Dropkick Murphy's Do or Die, The Donna's American Teenage Rock and Roll Machine, Pearl Jam's Yield, Ricky Martin Vool, Ingwie Malmsteen Facing the Animal, James E. Hall Let It Come Down, and The Classic in an Aeroplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. One show also debuted on February 1st, 
1998 which still haunts us all, like that former flume that is now posted in a rock who can't quite learn to let go of you, Fox and Friends. Larg. Happy Valentine's to all here at If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, Kelly, Stacia, Patty, Royston, our newest members Lucius and Eleonora, hell, even Ernesto. Am I forgetting anyone? Thanks, robots. What an exciting, possibly, week. All right. Bewitched by the Bewildered. Are you guys ready to talk about it? Do you know what happened in this episode? I can tell you what happened in this episode. It's real light. Real light. Uh, Xander, we fabricate a rift between Xander and Cordelia just so that we can have Xander cast a love spell that goes awry. Hilarity ensues. Nothing changes. That's it. That's the plot of the whole episode. (laughs) Well, we also do get foreshadowing about what Angel does in the next episode. Do we? Yeah, the roses and the soon card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that even happened. Good call. forgot that even happened, too. Yeah. When did that happen? At the very beginning, when she's hanging out with her mom, there's a knock on the door, and she goes mm-hmm. out to investigate, and her mom comes back from the a kitchen. A big black rectangle box full of and roses. she's like, someone oh, left these. Passion. Yeah, I thought it was in passion, too. Yeah. So, yep. Nope. Yeah, I wrote it down really big, uh, emulating <laughs> emulating the handwriting, because I was like, this is a serial killer nice. writing this right here. Like, you can tell Angelus is full on real, because, like, who writes, who writes like that? That is a serial killer right there. That's actually interesting, too, because I think now I'm remembering it a little bit more. They do spend a lot of time on... Angel in this yeah. episode. The very first 15 minutes are like angel centric and then yeah. we finally slide into. Yeah. And then just to cover that in passion. We'll, just, we'll get to that. It's a passion. So. Well, we can certainly do this a little more linearly. Break down the whole episode real quick to get out of the way. A couple firsts. Yeah. First time we ever say the big bad uh, is in this episode. Uh, first time we see Amy do the animal transformation spell. This time she turns Buffy into a rat, but obviously she will turn herself into a rat to escape uh, being burned at the stake in gingerbread. The uh, first time we see the launch lady, who will feature in Earshot pretty heavily. This episode, f- fun fact, was going to be uh, after the episode Passion. Passion was supposed to be first. However, Sarah Michelle Gellar was hosting Saturday Night Live that week, so they needed a filler episode where she wouldn't really be part of the episode to do this week instead. So they moved Passion back and uh, made this. I'm going to take the car into the shop tomorrow. You mean your lame Dodge Stratus? You don't talk about You're my car that way. Not, I drive a Dodge Stratus. Push-ups in 20 minutes! I'm going to Rob's house! I hate you! Both! So yeah, my I just wanted to go through my own viewing of this, and then we'll just jump on as we go along. Sure. I have 15 points <laughs> that I saw throughout this that we can sort of jump onto. Um, I only specifically go after Xander. Because obviously this is a Xander-centric episode. Mm-hmm. And and he's an easy fucking target because he does a terrible thing. He is. And so I started by saying, I'm going to try my best to see if there's any redemptive quality to Xander in this episode. We start off in a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's obviously... I'm just well, like trying to process what you're saying, like, but... No, though. <laughs> so there's, a, and the reason I bring it up too is that I know that I ranked this really high before because this was, when you're not thinking about it, it's an incredibly fun episode. Oh, and I, to be fair, critically, this was received really well. Yeah. And like, there's different, I looked at oh, really? websites ranking it and saying like, just a nonstop comedy ride. Like, this is comedy gold. This was a definite top 15, 20 for me, e- easily. Because I, what? Oh, yeah. I, this is so much fun. 
I haven't seen the love potion trope inverted like that. But I kind of forgot everything that kind of happened. So I think while we go through these points, my mindset is going to change. You guys have obviously seen this a lot more than me. So we can sort of talk about it because I'm interested in what you guys see in all of this. Sure. Points one and two are going to go together. So I'll just kind of say them both. We start in a graveyard with Xander. Xander, right off the bat, is talking about Cordelia. He's got his little necklace, right? Yep. And says... Here, the only other person I'm interested in is um, unavailable. So my first thing was, again, I'm trying to find some Xander... Um, redemption. Redemption. And so when he does say that the person I want is unavailable, he's obviously talking about Buffy. And then he doesn't make puppy dog eyes. He doesn't, like, linger with her or anything. He just moves right on. I thought that was good. That was consistent with what Xander does, which I didn't know if they were going to do that or not. There's no secret. The next thing is when he references the restraining orders. Oh, yeah. So that one way to read that is literally, you know, that he's like a creepo doing all that kind of stuff. But you could also read it, if you're trying to be generous, is that he understands that he's smothering and that he's overbearing and overwhelming. And all he is to women is once he gets with them, he starts doing all the stuff that he still does throughout the entire series where he just makes really stupid, inappropriate jokes. He's always insufferable. And at least if you're being generous, which I was trying to be at this point, he's at least acknowledging this one time. I want to give this girl a present that is not unbearable. It's not me like bearing my soul and telling her that I'm, you know, I want to be your everything and marry you. Am I just trying to be incredibly generous to Xander? I mean, I thought his, well, who I'd really like if I could have anyone comment. I mean, that's not how he phrased it, but like the person I'm actually interested in is in, unavailable it's just really unfair to cordelia like why are you wasting your time with cordelia if you don't actually give a shit about her Mm -hmm. and everyone is kind of been asking him like why are you wasting your time with cordelia we don't give a shit about her i'm glad that you guys are getting along almost really especially considering what happens in the episode is she dumps him and then he spirals out immediately like you already admitted she's not your first she's you know like some fallback plan Mm -hmm. you were trying to psych yourself up to even be nice to her like you should be relieved by this. I don't understand why his immediate reaction is, I must break her heart. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. The the point about the restraining order thing, I don't know that Xander's that self-aware. Or if he is, I mean, you could argue that he breaks up with Anya because of a self-awareness moment. Like, he has this epiphany, I'm garbage. I should get away from me. I mean, that's terrible. And that's the whole episode. We will deal with that then. However, at this moment in, in time, I don't know if he's that self-aware because I don't think... I, I don't I can't say for sure that they didn't have a conversation like that him and Buffy or like he's alluded to that and with Miss French I think he was definitely like oh she's beautiful whatever but I don't know that he's ever verbalized like I'm clinging and smothering and like if one's up with somebody that I'm going to be attached to the hip with them and because and, he's not like that with Cordelia at all he's a dick no he goes up to Buffy and he was like I got broken up with my life is the worst just kill me now or whatever yeah. and he's whining to Buffy yeah. who just went through this incredibly more horrifying (laughs) thing without any sense of irony or recognizing like you can't just emotionally dump on her right now it's not okay you're being selfish but he was not self-aware enough to think yeah you're not the person i should be whining to about this i guess i mean more of self-aware when it's like those moments with just kind of him like you're right he still does all of the xanderisms especially with buffy and even to to a degree with willow they kind of like have a small little interaction just their entire relationship encapsulated once again inside of an episode with a plastic rubbery axe, you know, that mm-hmm. is incredible. You don't know how hard this is for me. I love you so much. I'd rather see you dead than with that bitch. Part three. 
when Cordelia meets Xander at the bronze, what did you guys think about that breakup scene? I didn't know she was going to break up with Xander. Oh. Didn't know that was going to happen. But when she was sitting there sad and lonely, I was like, okay, we're about to do this. And, and obviously they were alluding to it with Harmony mm-hmm. coming back and being like, how are you with him? Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, all I can think about it was his suit the whole time. Do you have any thoughts his about it? Oh, his oh, suit. So bad. Yeah. collar Buffy popping out. And yeah, the shirt start. collar over the suit jacket collar. I was like, what It what reminds is, me of happening? the vampire from the very first episode where Giles is like, you must hone your slayer skills, like in the bronze. Mm-hmm. And she like, clocks sends him the vampire, for, for and she's dressing. like, there's one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he because he dresses so bad. exactly like Xander But then did. Why, would, why would Buffy dress him like that? Uh, Maybe it's just oh, like a super fuck you Buffy and a funny. Me. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of funny to think yeah. that Buffy would be like, yeah, you fit into this. This is good. I think the scene was good because Cordelia conveyed, like, I don't want to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is stupid and thinly veiled, which is another reason why Xander should have been like, a little more self-aware of of how this relationship actually is going and aware of her as a person because he's not he doesn't take anything to consideration for her at all mm-hmm. uh that i could see why your friend group would be pressuring you to do this and if you really want to do that i support you and that's fine i get it like, yeah. this can't work out but no that would be a well, different she says we don't different. fit i think that's really like the the obvious thing right. that the audience doesn't need to be told we don't fit yeah okay do you know what's a good day to break up with somebody? Any day besides Valentine's Day. I mean, what? Will you run a low on dramatic irony? I know. I didn't mean to do it this way. Yet. Well, you did. But I think that's, like, incredibly fair. I thought everything Cordelia said was fair. Yeah. I think Xander being upset in his own right is fair, too. Like, it's easy to logic your way into this and, like, rationalize. Like, well, yeah, you should it, just it would, walk away and be completely but fine. No, but it would, be, it would feel bad to get dumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Absolutely. And then I talked about the surreal stuff. So I thought it was really weird walking through the hallways. I thought... I thought it was almost like a dream. And then I started thinking, oh shit, this is like a dream episode. This oh. is like not real. Because it is. I mean, it's really heightened to just be like Xander's point of view. Like, it seems weird that everybody would actually be reacting to Cordelia and Xander Harris, who we've never established anybody caring before. I mean, obviously her friends just found out, so it wasn't like a well-known And nobody fact. would just be making fun of him left and right. So I think it's just like, it's a TV thing. It's just oh, yeah. heightening. That's not a reality thing. No, which I thought was really well done. I saw that as like Xander. Way to get projecting. dumped. Dude, way to get dumped. Amazing. This uh, <laughs> <laughs> is great. We never even saw the guy's face. It was I just, the, it was perfect. You could just imagine. And then he like punches him in the arm. I know, it's great. Well, Xander has all these weird friends, you know, as we met in the pack too. Like, who are these people talking about <clears throat> refuge, wretched oh, right, refuse? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. who is Xander? Like, we don't really know. He has a secret social life. I know, that's what I mean. You're out of your mind. That's no way to play lead guitar. What are you talking that's about? That's just hunt and peck. It's not. Hey, Xander, you've heard wretched refuse play. What do you think of the guy who plays lead? But as far as the breakup scene goes, I think, I don't know. I mean, I approached this episode already pissed off at Xander before anything happened, which is possibly not very fair. <laughs> I mean, that's right. your, your That's why I went state. the other well, way. I, I went the other way just to I feel, like, comment. slightly neutral negative towards Xander. Like, I'm not aggressively mad at him when I see him on screen. I'm just kind of like, okay, just fade to the background. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't care what's going on with you. But in this episode, like, I was just mad from the beginning because I know what bullshit happens. Cordelia is not his first choice. He's not sure he even wants to be committed to her. He's struggling with this gift thing and he's like, yeah, I don't want to fuck it up. But it seems more like he's not coming at it from a genuine, I want to do something really nice for her, but more of an obligation 
thing so that he can continue getting smoochies or whatever it is that he, he wants out of that. the relationship, right? Kissy's mm. kissy's here, then kissy's there. Yeah, exactly. And then so he so basically I don't know, this is this is what I see the breakup scene is. Xander walks up to Cordelia and he's like, I got you this necklace because I had to and it's a heart, so I'm really sweet and thoughtful, right? And that really touches Cordelia and she's like, Wow, that was actually really sweet. But you know, it doesn't like we have to end these things. It's not gonna work, whatever. Like your friends don't like me, my friends don't like you, whatever. And I thought that was really adult of Cordelia to take stock and say, you know what, this doesn't work. It hasn't worked from the beginning. It was never intended to be a relationship. This is not how boyfriends should t- treat their girlfriends and vice versa. So, like, I'm really sorry. I know it's bad timing, but I think it's just better if we end things. And his reaction was, I bought you the steak. Now you have to put out, like, I got you the necklace. How could you treat me like this? Like, the mere fact that he bought her something she now owed him, it wasn't just a gift he wanted to give her because he liked her or he was excited about her. There was definite implications of, and now you need to live up to your end of this Valentine's bargain, which is not you giving me a necklace you know what i mean and so i just found the whole thing really frustrating because i feel like you see genuine emotion from cordelia where she's sad and he's just immediately he's not even sad he's just mad he was like this isn't what i was supposed to get i followed the script and it didn't go the way it was supposed to go and it never goes that way for me and god damn it why can't it yeah yeah nice guy spiral yeah that's why it's hard to say xander self-aware in this episode because it's really cordelia that's like taking stock of their but cordelia is also doing it in a For pure a pressure, stupid, stupid reason yeah. as well. They're both stupid in their own ways. And 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 you either, like, they should not be together. Or in this universe, they completely deserve each other. It's one of the two. And the show wants it to completely deserve one another. But, I mean, I think the problem <laughs> is Cordelia recognized Xander is a person. And he has feelings. And even if he's not my favorite person, even if he's not my first choice, yes. I recognize that breaking up with him is going to hurt his feelings. This is a bad way to do it. I'm really sorry. You can tell that she's remorseful. You can tell that she's having sad feelings herself. And Xander does not treat Cordelia like that. He does not treat her like a person who's having feelings, who is dealing with her own crap. He does not treat her like, you know. I mean, my first reaction, I think, to getting dumped, if you really cared, which he has not showed that he's cared in any real way before, uh, would be hurt. He'd be hurt. No, that's fine. I get that. But I'm just saying. And then he goes home. He has a night to think about it. And he was like, how can I ruin Cordelia? (laughs) Like, that that is his thought process. 100%. He doesn't think, you know, like, the way he reacted in that moment is petty, whatever. And I understand you're getting broken up with. It's not a great time to be, like, you know, take the high road. But, you know, he takes it way too far. Well, yeah, clearly. After he's had time to, like, you know, step at least a little bit away from it. Absolutely. And so that's where we hit my goodwill as, in this podcast as well, my goodwill is completely zapped. So my goodwill goodwill left Xander at this point where he meets Amy. Yeah. Goodwill of that thing is upset, too. Way to flush your toilet, guy. Not into it. It's like, I've had enough of this, too. (laughs) That's how I feel about Xander. (laughs) So to, I want to I want to get some respect around here. Oh, I want yeah. the Hellmouth to speech. be working on I wrote my that side. Whole thing down. <laughs> I enjoyed. I want the Hellmouth to be open. On, I want some respect <laughs> around here. I want for once to come ahead. I mm. want the Hellmouth to be working for me. Xander. I mean, that's like that's his crest. That is on his family. Crest. His coat of arms. Absolutely. <laughs> a channeling commando. Xander is never a good look, and so I felt like there was just that element came out. Because they're going to, like, probably play that shit up throughout the rest of this fucking series. When he just starts, out of nowhere, just taking charge and being, like, 
you know. Oh, there are different moments where there's like sweeping music and we just get close up on Xander and he's practically has his hand on his hips doing superhero pose. It definitely happens. Love it. Anyways, <laughs> he wants to cast a love spell um, to break because he wants to break up with the Cordelia. Yeah, he wants Cordelia to love him so he, he yes. can break her heart. So he wants to break her heart. And that was pretty much it. And he went to Amy, who I admittedly thought was still, I thought she was <laughs> in, the in the trophy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Forgot the mom is in the trophy. And they go out of their way to explain the dynamics of why Amy is still a thing. I'm just going to wait to yell this, but it made me so mad. In class, I think Amy just worked some magic on Miss Beekman. You mean like witchcraft? You know her mom's a witch. And an amateur psycho. Amy's the last person that should be messing with that stuff. Yeah, we fucking know her mom's a witch, Willow. We were all there. It was only a year ago. I didn't know. Also, we left her. I didn't even really think about this. We just leave her there. This is very Black Mirror, the woman and the teddy bear. Like, we just leave Catherine Madison in that trophy to die. To forever be conscious, but not able to speak or live or do anything. Imagine all the shit Those are notes from that episode, though. We knew that. And maybe I'm making this up because I just wanted it to happen. But after the school gets destroyed and they go back, I feel like there's a brief moment where it pans over and there's like a trophy sitting in the hallway and like rubble. And you're like... Because I was just about to say, her only reprieve might (laughs) be when the school blows up in graduation day part two. But apparently not. Anyway. 2018, Colin. That's amazing. And existential crisis, basically, watching this whole series in the eyes of Amy's mom. Yeah, you'll have nightmares forever. Nightmares? Our, our nightmares are coming true. So why is this happening? Billy. I want to shout out in point six, the CGI was kind of passable. It was okay because they did this cool technique uh, that I don't know the technical terms for, but it very much happened in animation back in the day because it looked more cartoony overlay mm-hmm. than it was computer generated. That's a good point. Thing. So it looked better. It looked like some sort of the stone shit instead of like... Who Frame Roger Rabbit. You've got yeah, the, exactly. It like, looked okay because Like more of like right. a rotoscoping thing than it is a CGI thing. And I think when you have humans on the screen, uh, even to this day, Game of Thrones suffers whenever you're just, just having a dragon, a dragon mm-hmm. with like Daenerys. It's not always great, but when you can have another human in there... Yeah. You're not doing the CGI in the same way. It obviously is a different format, and that makes it better. So in this, it was really great. And even just the moment where it's like Xander blow out the candle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was delicious. Cool. That was so good. Point seven. It affects everybody but Cordelia. I did not. I thought Cordelia was affected, so clearly I know nothing about the show. Um, <laughs> I thought that the love that Cordelia had for Xander in the locket was what propelled the spell to everybody. That's really stupid. Oh, That's yeah, a no. really dumb idea. Dude. It just went, fucking went wrong. idiot. <laughs> and then we see Buffy. Buffy meets up as the first person with Xander. With some extra blonde, fun, she, straight hair. Her hair was like, um, in her makeup She's was looking different. like she came from the set of Saturday Night Live. She sure does. Yeah, she probably did. <laughs> she um, admittedly 180s every single thing she's ever said to Xander. Uh, the only thing, the best part about the show is that it is... If, if we can't agree that Xander is self-aware, the show certainly is. And I like that we never belabor the point on a lot of things. So immediately, even Xander was like... Well, would lap dancing enter into that scenario at all? Because I find that very comforting. Play a cards, right? Okay, uh, you do know that I'm Xander, right? Buffy is hitting on Xander, and then Amy comes in and is like, I need, like, this, the spell went wrong, and Xander's like, 
this that's is fine. fine. Okay. I don't care. Right. That's why I was thinking. Chalk it up to failure. You know? I don't care. Whatever. Because he's immediately over wanting revenge on Cordelia because he thinks he has a chance with Buffy. That's he doesn't okay. realize at this point that it's because the spell went wrong that Buffy's hitting on him. He thinks it's just some sort of miracle of the universe. And he's immediately over Cordelia. Does not care about his revenge anymore. The moment he thinks Buffy is an option. Yep. But Buffy he doesn't know she's under a spell at that point. Just to give Xander just a little well, bit. No, I said that. I yeah. said at this point he doesn't realize the reason why Buffy's interested. Yeah. But, but that's he's why still I mean, he's going to go back in there. Yeah. It's but, exploration yeah, that's time. my point. My whole point is Cordelia doesn't matter to him. Why yeah. is he spending this entire episode trying to ruin her yeah. when he doesn't even give a shit about her? That's my whole point. Like... You're not in love with Cordelia. You're not even sure you want to date Cordelia. You're ready to drop her for in a second because you think Buffy is an option. Why do you want to make her fall in love with you just so you can rip her heart to pieces? Like, that is so cruel Aren't and those, mean. Aren't those, like, the dark thoughts that we all have? Like, I, that's what I think that they're just getting at. I mean, I'm with you. Rationally, it, it's fucking terrible. I don't know. If I was dating someone who dumped me in, like, a kind of shitty but understandable way that I was just feeling, like, so-so about, I don't think my immediate reaction was, like, I must destroy them. I don't when know, man. 15, I know. <laughs> yeah. I think back when I was 15, <laughs> I I'm like... I, you know, I, you want to think we're all not monsters. We're not going to take it that far. Right. But you are. You're like, I, I, don't, yeah. I mean, I submit I, I a today version that's relatable and things that people definitely do when they are broken up with. Stalking your your ex on social media, fucking with their life in little petty ways, like antagonizing their current partner or stuff like that. I mean, I've not done that, but people do that. Of course, yeah. Andrew would do that. But I'm saying that doing this love spell is more akin to going to her house and burning all yeah. her shit, it's which a, you know, yeah, sure, there's a sure. line that you shouldn't cross, and he should know instinctively that's a line you don't cross. Yeah, yeah. well, that's my did point. Did you not watch the rest of this episode? He gets praised for not crossing the line. Come on, he never. <laughs> He's the hero line. of this He's episode. He's the hero of the episode. You're clearly not watching God, the show correctly. Get on with the show. <laughs> 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 I hate this so much. <laughs> Amazing. Point nine. Oh, How demoralizing great. for Giles to have Jenny oh, walk in. That was yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> really hated it. And also, I, I don't even really... think he gave a shit. He was just so pissed at both of them. Oh, no, I know. I love Giles, man. I can't wait for your Giles rankings because this is like, he is absolutely livid at Xander. Oh, in a way yeah. That we don't. Because, and but I think that hammers home somewhat of what they're trying to get at, which is... I would be the fool that would do this. I am the idiot that doesn't understand that I know so much about the world with all of its magic and powers and stuff, and I should not be the one who's a you know has any capability to do this because I will fuck it up every time. Oh, I don't know, Xander. Intent has to be pure with love spells. Right. I intend revenge, pure as the driven snow. Now, are you gonna play, or do we need to have another chat about invisible homework? And Giles is like, yeah, I would never entrust you. In fact, if I could, you wouldn't even be in this fucking friend group because you're a piece of garbage. I wrote, I never want Giles to be disappointed in me. Get out of my sight. Ooh. Crying emoji. The trope of a love potion. This does things with it. Like, it's not that I even want to love her. I just want her to want me so I can break up with her. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. I've never watched that on TV. It's shitty, but it's also something relatable. I understand the feeling of hurt that you have but you're also a dipshit. I made a mess, Giles. See, I found out that Amy's into witchcraft, and I was hurt, I guess, so I made her put the love whammy on Cordy, but it backfired, and now every woman in Sunnydale wants to make me her cuddle monkey, which may sound swell on paper, but... Cooper, we need to talk. Hey, Xander. Nice shirt. And when, like, he walks out and meets Amy, and then the other girl comes up to, like, talk about, hey, we're in that class together... The whimsical music is perfect. It's just like... Oh, the girl that's straight from the 60s with that haircut and that outfit? And also in her 40s? What? She was... (laughs) 
the problem with this episode isn't necessarily that Xander's self-centered or that he does this petty thing. Whatever. You can write that away if you want to. It wasn't that he was trying to rape Buffy. I get that. That wasn't his intention when he did the spell with Amy. I understand that. But the problem with this episode is, and the perennial problem with Xander's episodes are, is that he does shitty things to the people he supposedly cares about, Mm -hmm. and then he walks away scot-free, and they're the ones dealing with the consequences. Because the fact of the matter is, he for real hurts people in this episode, and at the end, somehow he's a hero, and he's fine, and everything's dandy, and we just move on with life as if it never happened. Again, just like with the pack. Except this time, there isn't even the presumption he doesn't remember what he did he knows what he did mm-hmm. everyone knows what he did well our main characters do at least yeah so that's why i think xander's a relic of, of the 90s like i don't think that xander today on buffy the vampire slayer 2018 he wouldn't be like this well One would i mean i just feel like you get i don't know you consequences. get consequences this has no consequences. that's my point there needs to be consequences like with jenny when she gets possessed the consequences she dumps giles and doesn't talk to him for however many episodes like why can't we have an episode arc where Willow refuses to talk to Xander? Like, you've done this to me before. It's happening again. You kiss Cordelia instead of me. This whole thing was about Cordelia, but you made me fall for you mm-hmm. harder and, like, you know, do these things. It's horrifying and I can't get over it. Whatever. But we don't see that. We just see everything is fine. But and that we, would not have been that hard to do. No. And we hear at the very end, Willow is going to need a month. Don't even talk to her. Yeah. So, hey, everybody, listen. Willow's upset. She's going to need a month. We'll see you in a month in the next episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> you know, and it, you're right. I mean, you have to show it. You can't just assume because that's the only way that it's interesting. Is well, like, you what have would to it be see to Xander be upset at Xander? Earning what? it, right? You need to uh-huh. see him apologizing to Willow and actually doing things to make it better. And you don't see any of that because he's not doing that. And they are our friends. These are the core four. And you can throw Cordelia in there too. There has to be continuity between them. We mm. have to all want to care about them, not just because they're funny and they're witty and they can speak well so this brings us to point 10 the biggest point the scene with buffy in the raincoat walking in this is before she gets turned into a mouse or a rat man why's it gotta be a rat not a lot of mouse what about the scene with xander and willow my notes are in chronological order by default and my notes about willow are before my notes about and i actually said that in number nine i just didn't read all the way down okay because that's the fucked up thing so that's that's my horror show version of buffy is that that would be the that would be the moment where he would probably take advantage because it's right there no one else is around how long have we been friends a long long time too long to do anything that might change that now but friendships change all the time people go apart they grow closer this is good how close we are now i feel very comfortable with this amount of closeness in fact i can even back up a few paces and still be happy see yeah but that's what i mean the horror show version is like okay everybody wants me I'm going to start with this person who trusts me the most. I'm going to ruin this. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I guess. But yeah. yeah. That would be. That's the horror show. Yeah. That's the horror show. But, uh, you it's know. Still it's still a horror show. Do. It's not as bad as it could be, for sure. Yeah. Like, the fact. He he leaves the situation as quickly as he can. Yeah, he does. Which is. What's the point, though? I mean, that's the only. So anyways, thing. So what you're saying, though, is that he went home. Mm-hmm. Willow was in the bed. Mm-hmm. And then he went back to school on the same day. Yes. Because he said, I got to go hide. And he left. And then we're back at, we're back at school. I yeah, guess. I, I yeah. think, I think the point is he came, he went back to school. Like, uh, things are escalating. I don't know what to do. And then that's when Jenny walks in 
And we have that whole situation. And so Buffy went home after school to go get her raincoat. To go back school. to school. Yeah, I know. To go back to school. It, it literally make makes sense. no sense now. But that is how I mean, it she airs. might just yeah. have had it in her locker or something. <laughs> I guess. She's got that silk robe ready to go. <laughs> but yeah, uh-huh. Willow. I think it was supposed to be a raincoat. Like a trench coat. Yeah, Willow being in full pajamas in Xander's bed in the middle of the day. Right after school. Wasn't we full assume. pajamas? Wasn't she just in his shirt? I thought she was wearing like a flannel pajama. She doesn't have any pants on. <laughs> so. maybe not but yeah you're right there is no window to show that it's dark mm-hmm. but it's it's nighttime man there's no way that willow no. is just in his i think bed. it's in the middle of the day so awkward i can't do it thank god xander doesn't have any parents i def- i think oh. i think all of this happens over the course of two days it three days two well the night cordelia breaks up with him the day that they do the spell like that night the next night Right? So Cordelia breaks up with him. Next morning, Xander sees Amy doing magic. He was like, I'm going to blackmail you. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. night they do the spell. Okay. Xander wakes up in the morning. He's like, ain't going to ruin Cordelia's life. Having yeah. the best day of my life. And, and then, sleep with me. This and is the best then day of all of that stuff happens. And they break the spell at the very end of the night when we see Drusilla and that all that stuff. That is generous. And I love it. That's fine. I see. I would argue that there's one more day in between when Xander does the got the love walk, but maybe not. No, that is on the same day. It, yeah. it is. Just later in the scene, I guess, right? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, have the rules for that ever mattered? No, that's true. I know. But either way, we come back to them in uh, with Buffy. Buffy is in her raincoat and is seducing Xander. Buff, give me a heart attack. Oh, I'm going to give you more than that. Buff, for the love of God. Don't open that raincoat. And this is pretty much the crux of the show, and it's the payoff at the end. <laughs> I mean, it's that's it. I mean, that's yeah. really the through line of the show. And um, yeah, because right, he she is he is supposed to want her, and by not wanting her, I mean, oh, I, I don't think everybody. I don't. I don't there's not a causality there. Like, no. okay, yeah, it's just no. I assume not. It, but the spells intensifying turned. period, yeah. and yeah, that's and so everyone's saying, fighting yeah. over him. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know him, like, rebuffing Buffy. But, so, like, <laughs> yeah, Willow, whatever. I guess there was another day. That's what I'm saying, because I think he walks, when he does the strut, yeah. the No, okay, yeah, no, because Oz was like, I don't know what happened, but I was on the last phone night. all night last ah, with you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so there was another day. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And then Xander, Anyways. let's just, okay, so now that we've assumed it's a day, Xander went to go hide, and he went to go hide somewhere for an entire night. day. Well, entire night, night yeah. and then came back to school the next day <laughs> yeah. run go to mexico go to I mean, oregon it Do doesn't anything. matter there are women everywhere <laughs> i know which is true a xander road trip episode where he's just accosted by every woman on earth and then they just kill him just get worse and worse. <laughs> amazing amazing yeah so the buffy thing um it uh it basically makes buffy a blank slate on which xander gets to talk and be say all of the right things Mm -hmm. to be the good person. It's really bad because the line alone where he says, you don't know how much this would mean to me. This isn't real to you. You're only here because of a spell. I mean, if I thought you had one clue what it would mean to me. That's icky. That was it. That was the end of Xander for me because saying (laughs) something like that to somebody like, you don't even know what you fucking me would mean, just mean to me. Like you just sleeping with me one time, there's no strings or whatever I... Well, obviously that she's magical enough, she can give someone their soul back. So Xander's like, I need a piece of that. (laughs) Let me get that Tesla. (laughs) Orb. Tesla orb. I mean. No, but that line alone is like, ooh, I was not expecting that. And that was really cringeworthy. And and his eyes, I watched his eyes the whole time too. I'm like, 
His eyes are right at her eyes. Never once does he ever look around because Xander wouldn't do that, right? We have to have this... <laughs> No, no, but I'm saying like we yeah. we all as the audience have to feel for we're invested in work. Xander, yeah. and he's not taking a peek because she's sitting there. I mean that they did oh, that yeah. for on a purpose, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The leg is over his body, so. I mean, I don't know. You just you don't get to get applauded for not raping someone, and that's no, what it would absolutely. be because yep. even later Buffy calls it the great Rufy spirit. Like, yep. no one had control over the reactions. And for Xander to be painted as this, like, suffering moral hero who is like, I would love to do this, Buffy, but not in this way. It needs to be the right way. And to put on her, you don't know how much this would mean to me. Like, it's not fair for him to do that. I know what his heart wants. Funny. I know what your face wants. (laughs) Point 11. Oz walking in punching Xander. That was oddly satisfying. Oh, yeah. Not oddly. Just completely. (laughs) Okay. I didn't see it coming. Uh, yeah. uh, and I, also I, really I forgot en- that happened. And yeah, I also too. really enjoyed the dynamic. I appreciated that part from the show too, where he didn't like Hulk out and go weird. He was just like, I'm I'm oddly confused at how mad I am right now because I mean I know I, I have I am mad, but like <laughs> this is it's a, I'm a werewolf and this is magic and I don't know, man. Let's like getting him up. I thought that yeah. was really cool and and then and then everything with her becoming. I guess I've glossed over that Buffy's now become a rat, but looking for the rat, I just love Oz like. We're just going to kneal now? Okay. I'm just going to get down here. <laughs> Everyone's and, like, getting around. low. I should yeah. probably get low. Uh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll help find <laughs> Buffy the rat, I guess. I don't I don't know what's happening. So This is yeah, a, a cool moment because Oz is very rarely violent. There's only two instances on the show where he gets mad like that. And that's mm-hmm. this one. And then in the um, Veruca episode, he screams at her. And that's like the only time that we ever see, ever see him, him like raise his voice like that, which is intense. That's a great scene. Yeah, it um, is a great scene. But we also see him in a couple of different episodes. Casually in the scene, he'll put Willow behind her, behind himself, if there's like danger happening, which I always thought was super duper cute because they're the most adorable ever. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I mean, this whole scene is nothing but him saying, "I love Willow so much that I don't care what happens." And also, I'm not a hundred percent sure what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like, yeah, in some, well, it sounded like Willow was probably just incoherently crying on yeah. the end of the phone, and he was like, "I don't know what happened, but I know that you were mean to my girlfriend, and I'm fucking mad." <laughs> like it on some level too because it's like we've only known each other for so long right so i just imagine her talking like for eight hours all night yep. it's just like i'm exhausted right now i can't <laughs> even keep up with what you're saying but he's, but, but he's i'm here for there. you i'm here for your girl i'm gonna go punch sander we could have hung up seven hours ago i would still do it <laughs> but i thought it was I, yeah it's really, a really, little scene. really touching i really yeah. appreciated that so that was great hooray Oz. Go ahead. You know you want to say it. My boyfriend's in the van. <laughs> cool. I think you've now told everybody. Only in this hemisphere. Uh, Willow with her axe. This is still part of number 12. That axe is rubber. <laughs> I, I guess wanna, I didn't notice it. I just want to say that. Because later, later, what's her face? Harmony runs at her. Mm-hmm. Like, runs at yeah. Willow with her axe. And the axe does sway. So I didn't notice. Awesome. I'm sure. I'm absolutely I mean, sure it does. My, Delicious. I loved that. Then at that point, there's like a dog pile for the axe. And then the next scene we see Willow in is when they're storming Buffy's house and she's got the axe again. And I'm like, you go, go, Glenn, go, go, you go. <laughs> I'd rather see you dead than with that bitch. Yeah. Ooh, and she's wow. crying up a storm. I was like, really? Oh, it's hurting. I know. Uh, point 12. Joyce, bad mom. First flirtation with, well, not bad mom. 
based As on the station precedent. The station precedent says that <laughs> if Joyce is cursed, yes, if she's cursed. If Joyce is in any way manipulative or manipulative, manipulated manipulated in some emotional state, she could not be held accountable for her own actions. There you go. <laughs> Good for, for her Joyce. own non-momming actions. <laughs> Gross! I think not. What are you doing? Hey, get your hands off me! <laughs> and keep your mom-aged mitts off my boyfriend. Former! Why has everyone gone insane? Insane? Is it so impossible for you to believe that other women find me attractive? The only way you could get girls to want you would be witchcraft. That is such a... Well, yeah, okay, good point. Just the way that she was, like, rubbing his shoulders was just, like, so... I was gonna leave this to our screaming portion, but I wrote... Is Is Xander's mom attracted to him, too? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I just had a moment like, well, Buffy's mom is, and he goes home, and was his mom hitting on him, too? Is it everyone? I guess we've established that he doesn't have, like, a family, so that's, like, the one plus for Xander. But, like, if Grandma, why wouldn't Grandma get on the phone and call him? Like, yeah, this is getting horrible. Yeah. Really fast. That's bad. Point 13. Well, Angel showing up was intense. Like, I was not seeing that mm-hmm. coming. That was great. Threw him off a fucking roof. Should have broke his fun. fucking neck twice. <laughs> he also fun. flipped him over. That should have broke his neck. If it didn't break before, it broke there. I don't know how Xander's still if alive. Only. <laughs> uh, Drusilla being in to, to oh Xander was incredible. I did not even think for a moment that was going to happen. And Angel is so mad. Drusilla is so, so mad. mad. And Drusilla's I love it. <laughs> unsung strength, like, yeah. is the hero of this episode. Her, She takes... Angel one-handed and just throws, throws him against, against a tree. And I was like, this is amazing. Drusilla is the strongest vampire there is, and we mm-hmm. never really fully explore that, but uh, this is amazing. I thought that was Xander who did that. I was like, oh, this show fucking no. sucks. No, and then it's true. It's like, oh my god, this is the best and show. And then she's immediately like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> if you hurt one hair on this boy's head. Like, so Please good. don't so good. spare me. Your face is a poem. Oh, I can read it. Really? It doesn't say spare me by any chance. And then she's like, how do you feel about eternal life? <laughs> Immediately like, you're coming with me forever. <laughs> Can we get coffee first? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was well done. Him being scared was great. Also, and Xander, or up. Xander, Angel slinking backwards out of that scene yeah. was hilarious. He was just like, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but I don't want it, any part of it. What do you guys think about the guys in the episode? Because there's moments in there where, again, I don't know if it's just from Xander's mind, but the guys have this weird reaction as well. Is it just that they're reacting to the women? Yeah, I think Like so. stopping all communication essentially with them? Yeah. And they're like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Okay. So nothing's And then compounding that with Xander being, you know, dweeboid, yeah, yeah, yeah. dumb guy. Why like, wh- why Xander? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's... Because, like, yeah, the fact that Angel would just slink away is like, okay, something's happening here. I gotta... I I like that he did that really awkward slinking into the background of the scene and then moving away, but then shows up again just to, like... So he he just moved literally a couple of feet away from them to observe (laughs) and then just to go Well, no, no. He then went to the back door just like, this is where the action's gonna happen so I can make fun of her for not being able to get in the house. Exactly. (laughs) There's gonna be a moment. It's so good. I got this. And if if there's not, no one will see me. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. I slink in the shadows anyway. <laughs> Point 14. Naturally, Cordelia is touched by Xander's spell. You did this for me? You did this for me? Oh, my God. Um, was kind of gross. And uh, beyond our main characters, it was just a gas leak. Yeah. Another gas leak. Everyone's so confused. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, a scavenger hunt. It was just a scavenger hunt. That's something kids do. 
scavenger hunts. Well, I think them being like, oh, your mom bought that? And her being like, I think it was better than, you know, the alternative of admitting that you hit on a 16-year-old boy. Yeah. 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 Point 15, the final point. The great Rufy Spirit. Willow won't even talk to me. Any particular reason she should? How much groveling are we talking here? Oh, a month at least. Lanner, come on. I mean, this is worse for her than anyone. She loved you before you invoked the great Rufy Spirit. The rest of us... You remember, huh? Oh, yeah. I remember coming on to you. I remember begging you to undress me. And then a sudden need for cheese. I also remember that you didn't. Need cheese? Undress me. It meant a lot to me what you said. Come on, Buffy. I couldn't take advantage of you like that. Okay, for a minute it was touch and go there. You came through. There might just be hope for you yet. Well, tell that to Cordelia. You're on your own there. 90s TV in action right there. Yeah. And as we've said, giving giving Xander, he gets the break. And in the end, in a bonus, he gets the girl. He, he gets Cordelia as well. Cordelia leaves the Harmony Friend group all for him. So it turns out that we're the suckers, guys. We... We thought that there would be consequences. But of course not. And well, of course Xander gets everything he wants. See, this is this is the problem that I have with this episode. Like, at the core of it, like I was saying earlier, Xander has to pay consequences for this episode to be in any way redeemable. He needs to show growth furthermore that I recognize what I did was wrong and I'm not going to do it again. And here is how I've changed. And to act like that is something that we can't do in a brief span of time is not true because we see Cordelia change in the span of an episode, right? At the beginning, her friends are making fun of her. And at the end, we see her change arc where she's like, you know what? I don't need to listen to you. I'm better than you because I make my own opinions and you guys do not. And so fuck all y'all. I'm going to date Xander if I want to. Like, you're just going to follow the crowd and it really doesn't matter what you say. And that is... Cordelia growing and changing, which is good, but also she had to do that to prove that she was worthy of Xander's love again after she betrayed him, essentially, in the beginning of the episode. That's why it's so frustrating is because Xander doesn't have that moment where you see him improve, where he has any sort of recognition, like, I did this wrong and this is how I'm going to do better. Like, we don't see that moment from Xander. We just get Buffy being like, you better stay the fuck away from Willow for a while. Like, that's He just it. gets praised for it. He gets praised for I know. For, like, you're one of Cordelia the, is you're like... You're a good one or whatever? Like, you're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Buffy says that. You're one of the good ones, I think. Something, Something like very that. similar. Yeah. yeah. Well, essentially, for me, I always thought, like, you're just... Essentially, all we think of you, Xander, is that you're, like, a wild... You're a wild card. You're a roll of the dice. Like, one moment we could be friends and one moment you might be raping us. Yeah, so that's, that's a true. rough friendship. I mean, that's the dynamic. second time Buffy in a year essentially has been in a position where Xander wanted to or could have raped her. Yep. And that's the only person she's been in that position with. That's dark. So. The rock music that we see play after the spell happens. The next morning he walks in and got the love, got the love. yeah, and he's like doing his like little walk through the hallway. But um, By not that, but he band. plays like this like rock music. Do you know what I mean? And that's the rock. It's like this continuing music that plays for him when he's feeling powerful and strong. And we see that. It's oh, the like same. in the pack where it's like, yeah, he's playing the guitar. we see it in. Yes. In the pack, we see it in that dream that he has when he imagines 
hands, Buffy swooning for him and he kissing her on a pool table or whatever. It's like this like it's his epitome of what he wishes he could be. And it just irritates me that we only see it in his shittiest moments. Like his idea of what he wishes he could be is just like such a negative view of like masculinity and like strength and power from that way. Like obviously we get a different view of that from Buffy. She's obviously very strong and powerful and he wants that, but not in a positive way. Like he, I don't know, he feels powerful because he's bullying the people around him essentially is where he's deriving that from it's like they have to listen to me it's like after his speech with i want the hell mouth working for me like i want to have this power to boss people around and to change things and usually i don't because i'm just like this nerd boy who just makes jokes in the background or whatever right. anyways i was really mad about it well i think that also makes sander like a, a character in a way that he all he does is ever want the negative things and the positive moments like you said there are positive moments for him that don't feature the rock music like all the good stuff that maybe we associate with him he doesn't really think about that as being good or whatever because he just wants Mm -hmm. very specific things. But that's so Xander. That's so him, his entire arc, which is frustrating if you want to like Xander and be on his side. And all he ever does, I mean, through the course of the entire show, is fuck up. He really is the one that doesn't get anywhere. All of them make mistakes. Obviously, that's why it's interesting to watch is because you're rooting for them and sometimes they make the wrong mistake and you're like, no, but then they redeem themselves. But with Xander, I feel like you don't ever get that. That's why there's like those few shining moments where I'm like, wow, if we had seen more of this, it would have been a lot more powerful. Like the scene when he realizes Cordelia's poor and he buys for that dress. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's one of them. And then that moment with Don yeah. at the last um, season when he's like, no one knows how hard it is to just be the human. Like, but mm-hmm. I see you and I see how hard you're working. And I think those are a few of the moments a few of the very little moments where he steps outside himself and recognizes like other people are trying or have wants and needs and he helps So what you're them. saying is you want, you wish there was more <laughs> redeeming of Xander. Yeah, I just, yeah. it's fine that he makes these mistakes, but I need him to have more of those moments where he like steps outside of his own selfishness and helps people because I feel like you see that from everyone else. They all grow and get better and Xander is just this stunning person who still lives in a basement who can't make a relationship work who's just a carpenter because it was the easiest thing to be and but aren't we all Xander so maybe a little part of us we can empathize with these people that are doing great things in their life but I think we all think of ourselves in some way as a Xander like we're not living up to our potential we're not actually doing anything I think that's what makes him compelling and those moments do really stick with you because they're few and far between but he's just somebody that wants the wrong things and he really doesn't make it in the show he never really even when he has them he that's doesn't so take a, stagnant though I, see i don't think it's stagnant I, I i think that's really what it boils down to is just how do you see xander like i don't mind that he's a fuck up all the way through i don't need him to grow in fact i think it makes sense that he doesn't grow he's like the friend buffy and them come later on sans episode eight where he's a fucking space captain he would just be a guy <laughs> doing a construction job is there still a relationship there? Well, you know what? Maybe there's not. You know, I have friends that I don't, I don't connect with at all. I could imagine a Buffy and Willow that would be like, you know, that whole world that we made back in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television show, doesn't really exist anymore. Like, I don't really connect with Xander because he never grew. It's weird that we had all these experiences with him, and then but when we left, it all fell apart because he didn't have a life independent of us. I don't know. I find I find that compelling, and then obviously it all gets taken away because he's. But that's only all compelling Buffy. through the eyes of Buffy and Willow, not through Xander and his. Well, I don't care about Xander. I'm not. 
But that's my point. But that's my point is like to have a compelling character, you have to have them change and grow. Like you can't just have them make the same bad choices over and over again. Like even just even the fact that this episode is happening again, that he puts himself in a position where he could rape Buffy again. Like he still hasn't grown from a year ago. Mm -hmm. Like nothing has changed. That's why it's so frustrating. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Even just like I don't know, even Xander centric episodes like the replacement, he doesn't learn anything from Mm -hmm. that. That's but that I mean that's. That's Xander, right? I mean, but I think everyone grows. Yeah, everyone grows. You have to Xander. learn things. You can't just <laughs> have everything roll off you. Something has to make an impact. But don't we know so many people that do that in life? Everything I rolls think off so. you I think even if they're changing negatively, it still happens. As someone who used to be a garbage person <laughs> for <laughs> a long time, <laughs> if you, in reality, from 15 to 22, I was a piece of shit. And I... Did not grow or change for the better for seven solid years, the arc of this show. So I can absolutely understand never getting better, despite multiple opportunities to do so. Despite a million chances to change for the better. Just just refusing to get but, out of the dirt. <laughs> and uh, he has a great friend group, I think. My so, argument that My argument to that is... Fiction isn't reality, though. Even if normal people can be shitty and never change, in fiction, like, that's the whole point, right? Is that characters yeah. want things and they strive for them and maybe they don't get them, but they have to grow to eventually get the thing they want. And, like, I mean, I'm glad that the show didn't take the arc of eventually Xander improves enough that Buffy wants him, but yeah, it should have improved. Like, he should have gotten to the point where Xander... Zan- Anya and Xander were an option together, but it doesn't because even that far into it, he still hasn't learned what he needs to learn about anything to make it work. Like he just, I don't know. I think this is just taste right here at this point. Cause yeah, if, if everyone is supposed to, I get that. I do understand that Xander has an arc regardless of if he grows or not. He's not just a stagnant nothing. He does have at least things happening to him. He's a part of the world. Does he grow? No, no. I'm totally on board that he doesn't but, really I mean, make you any even strides. Get tiny side characters like um, yeah. what's that's his what name? makes him so compelling. What's his name? How uh, does he the not gay grow? guy who changes in an episode, and you see Larry. that like li- Larry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Literally nothing. That's I don't true. know. <laughs> Larry has way more. But isn't that <laughs> so great that Xander, after seven seasons of TV, has not one epiphany, not no. one moment so where irritating. he recognizes who he is. Yeah. Well, that's And that's why it is so irritating, because it's like if the whole thesis of Xander is it's so hard to be human in a friend group of non-amazing superhero, non-human superheroes or whatever, why don't you see that more? Because that's a lot more compelling than what I actually see Xander as being throughout the show. Like, I think it was more important for him to be able to be used as a comedy scapegoat than be a character. He does it in passion to an annoying extent. But Cordelia is also a comedy character in a lot of ways, and she grows. Absolutely she does. I don't think that you have... Because Cordelia is a well-rounded... You've made the argument this episode that Cordelia is well, more way-rounded than Xander is. So Xander not growing But my point is Xander being a comedy character doesn't exclude him from having any sort of change. True, but I think that's the only place they relegated him to. It's like, you're just going to be the funny guy that says shit. I mean, if I was writing a story, I could see myself saying... Xander, that, it's compelling to me to write a character that literally learns nothing, right? I mean, I, I think no, that I see, and I that's don't, I don't know, I disagree. And that's taste, and that's why this episode for you is going to be way low, and for me, it's going to be quite high. <laughs> way worse than bad eggs, let me tell you. Even sea growth from Tector. <laughs> Did you say sea growth in Tector? Yeah, no, you even sea growth in Tector. Oh, I thought you said Lyle's name was Sea Growth in Tector Gorge. <laughs> 
Yep. Middle C growth. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this has gone off the rails. <laughs> oh, wow. Obviously, we can talk about Xander Ooh. forever and ever. Um, <laughs> it's really confusing. You know what? You know what? I said the words right. It's not my fault. No, you paying attention. I just checked out for one second to stare at the dog because she's adorable and has her butt in the air while she's sleeping. But the, and I came check back in and see where the text was. I'm just like, what the? F-? Obviously, Xander was trying to get people to give him some affection. And while love spells, we can argue in a moment if they're real or not. There is something in the human brain made in the hypothalamus called oxytocin. Also known as a love hormone. So cortisol is a stress hormone, right? Also made in the hypothalamus. Oxytocin is released to counteract that. In fact, once like, if you're having a moment of panic or you're having a lot of stress, your body will release oxytocin to counteract it. So it'll bring your heart rate back down, lower your blood pressure, it'll make you feel a little bit better. Women experience uh, oxytocin release more often than men because it's associated with things like pregnancy, um, and uh, breastfeeding because it helps numb pain too it, it's, a, it's a bit of a pain reliever it's released when you are touching or communicating with other people in an intimate setting but also just like at a friendship level too uh, it's released during sex uh, which is actually why it's considered the love hormone because it, it makes you have this you're relaxed it makes you more empathetic uh, and people saw this as a net good, which is true to a point because it's good to be empathetic and it's good to be closer to people. Free love, guys. <laughs> However, what they found um, in some other studies is that it actually makes all of your emotions heightened. So it's it's kind of a misnomer to say it's the love hormone or the empathetic hormone and more to say it's liquid emotion because it heightens everything. So. Yeah. They've done blind studies where they've given people placebos and oxytocin and had them play a card game where somebody could lose. And they found that people taking the placebo were like, whatever, this is fine. People lose sometimes. And people on oxytocin would get really envious of the people that were winning and would also have some like schadenfreude when people were, were losing more often than not. So uh, also autism. So a lot of times when people are on the spectrum, they have a hard time processing emotion. Uh, so oxytocin is thought to be like they've done some studies where that this can help correct, but it also makes them experience emotions a lot more intensely. So it's a kind of a it's interesting. use in moderation thing. But this is essentially what Xander, the real life form of what this would be, is people really being receptive and just like hyper empathetic and just like, oh, yeah, I feel all these feelings because oh, Xander, you're the best. But it's just everything else out. It's, just it's also directed. Xander. Right at Xander's and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the magic element. That's the key. Right. 80% so, science, 20% magic. So the, the oxytocin wouldn't work so well for Xander. He would need a legit love spell. So let's find a legit love spell, shall we? Google. Did that. And I was like, okay, so I know we could get into some shit, a right? techno pagan over here. That's right. We could get into some actual Wiccan and pagan rituals as far as, oh. even druid rituals as far as like spells and all that stuff. And I was like, that's... Of course, there are love spells that exist, quote, unquote. <laughs> but I didn't realize the level that the internet has gotten to. The first hit on Google when you search real love spell is an ad paid for by none other than sevenwitchescoven.com. Welcome to Seven Witches Coven. We're a coven of seven witches who have dedicated our lives to the study and casting of witchcraft spells. You can harness the power of our special collective of love spells, protection spells, hexes, and a vast range of other spells. These powerful witch spells, witchcraft spells, could change your life. We will harness the ancient arts, such as Wicca, 
and voodoo, as well as impressive new forms of spellcasting to help you achieve your goals at Seven Witches Coven. We always craft a custom spell for you. Whatever your unique situation, you can contact the Seven Witches for a free consultation and help you choose the best, most suitable spell for your needs. Our coven is standing by to cast your witchcraft spell. Let us be your secret weapon. Improve your life today through the magic, with a K, of the many spells that work here at sevenwitches.com. Blessed be. Now, we need a love spell for this particular situation. Let me just say, that whole thing sounded like an infomercial from the 90s. Like, if you order within the next 59 minutes, you'll get two spells for the price of one. The best part about (laughs) sevenwitches.com, sevenwitchescoven.com, I'm sorry, is that I'm pretty sure Xander would have had access to this in 1998 based upon the aesthetic of the website. (laughs) I was already picturing it. Absolutely. And just in the love spells page. Just perfect. (laughs) And there's music that the automatically starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> that is not true, I'm but I'm picturing it's, it's... to be black with white text. Oh, totally. oh, black okay. with yellow text. Ah! <laughs> Good call. Oh uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to pretend that this is leading up to. I called them. No, 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 <laughs> no. Because for just love spells, there are quite a few, and I try to find the one that would be best for Xander. Unconditional love, maybe. Adore me, maybe. Adore me is probably good, right? Because then you can you just gotta cut it. Or more than wants, right? more than friends. Because if it was unconditional love, wouldn't she just continue to love him? Yeah. But I feel like change your mind spell. He or she's given up. They're angry, stubborn, won't meet you halfway, being unreasonable. But your lover won't listen. The change your lover mind spell will help him or her see your way. Relationships are difficult, especially if you aren't seeing eye to eye. Regain harmony you once had. Regain the harmony. Way to go, seven which is coming. You once had. <laughs> By having the Seven seven Witches Coven (laughs) cast the Change Your Lover's Mind spell. There are enough forces working against you without the two of you working against each other. Get back on the same team. And for just $34.77, you could have a single cast done for you and your, what you would hope to be, lover once again. If you want a triple cast, well, hey, that's only $34 more. Urgent cast, we need it happen right now. Add $69 to your $34.77. And Coven, the whole strength of the Seven Witches Coven. $249. Now, everybody knows the best way to get a spell done is to have a magic imbued charmed. Don't worry, we've got those on order. Now, none are included with your 3477 purchase, but for just $7, you can get a basic charm to really get that lover back. Or maybe even an imbued charm for $14. But how about a triple imbued charm for $21? But nothing compares to the witch's amulet, which is just a measly. $35. $35. It also depends on who this, the witch. We've got a couple on, on lock here. We, we don't know. Linda Stratton, she's included. Madam Eugene LaCroix, also included. Stephanie Crow. But for Cormac O'Dwyer, you're paying an extra 7 bucks. And for J. Rosalind Ansel, $14. Totally just worth like, it though, I hear. Straight up 14 just extra on. On not thirty-four seventy-seven. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Now my question is, if I pay for the Coven's cast, am I also paying 14 bucks to wrangle in Right, because they're there, right? They're yeah. just like, why don't you just bless that amulet too? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. well, I got I got the group together. Play the hits. The point is, if you really want to get your, to change your lover's mind, you mm-hmm. really want to change your lover's mind, you could possibly spend $249 plus 35 for the witch's amulet plus another $14 for that J. Rosalind Antle feel. Is love worth it? That's what you're questioning. I mean, the price on love is apparently 350 bucks. So he left me for his old girlfriend, and I was devastated. He tore my heart out. I was at my wit's end, and then I found sevenwitches.com. 
Um, I was a skeptical at first, and then I found myself ordering the High Priestess Ultimate Return, my love spell. And within two weeks of the spell being cast, you know, he was back in my arms, you know, and my faith in love was restored. So that's why I'm making this video because I want to thank Rosalind. Thank you so much. Without you, you know, I might still be lost. So thank you. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> I just needed to know if love spells were real, and uh, I think we can all say yes for for a low, low sum of about $300. I wonder if they actually ever sell any spells, because I literally was, while you were reading that, thinking, I can make a witch website and then just say I'm casting spells. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you think them. they're fucking doing? <laughs> I think they probably actually get together like with candles and say magic words. They might. They're 100%. There's a tab that just says candle spells, and I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. Are you casting spells candle. on candles, or they're using a candle to... No, that sounds legit. Spells? I bet they cast a spell on a candle, mail it to you, and then say, burn it, and you'll have good luck or whatever. You're probably fucking right. Yeah. That's amazing. Maybe they're scratching, like, little symbols into the they side They bought of it. it at Bed Bath & Beyond, and yeah. they're selling it for, like, four times the value. Yeah. 100%. Now, there are reviews on some of the spells. Amazing. But everyone I looked at was five stars. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's a little bit fishy. A little anonymous action going on. Also, one no, 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 they all have names. And one of them was real scary. It was like, bring your lover back to you. It wasn't this one, but it was like uh, the one that was specifically for women. Make her heart yours. And he was like, I did this. Oh, the title was Forever. Now. Like she thought she would leave, but now she's mine forever. I have her heart forever. Listen, it sounds like a perfect time, unless you guys have anything else to say, to yell some crap at each other. You want to do that? Yeah. All right, Daniel, why don't you start us off? Yell some stuff. Shouts out to Buffy and Xander's coats in the very first scene. He, he had like a multi-weird overcoat sort of thing. Buffy mm -hmm. rocking a red coat, not her signature coat from later on that everybody shares. The red leather coat. Yeah, once it shows up. Although Beret Girl <laughs> later sort of has a semi-coat like that, one of Harmony's girls. Mm. The one with the beret. Kind of rocking that style, but not exactly it. So. And you are always look at, on the lookout for that red coat. Yeah, that's great. Uh, bewitched, bothered, and bewildered should have been called benighted, botched, and belittled. Yeah, Boom. there we go. <laughs> Hell yeah, that was good. That was Fun good. fact, this episode is named after a Frank Sinatra song written by Richard Pages, I think. I didn't maybe write that down right. Rogers. Richard Rogers in Lovey's Heart. Back to uh, when, when Cordelia meets up with Harmony. Red and black, is that what Xander likes? And then aggressive arm... <laughs> arm folding you know and then a girl wants to look good for a geek and then i was like aggressive beret like that girl <laughs> really looked you know aggressive uh xander when he said slaying was like dating because all i could think of was Jarla saying plunge and move on right. plunge and move on <laughs> plunge and move on plunge and hello i think i'm a groupie oh my god one of the cutest songs ever cutest songs cutest moments of the show ever watching oz playing which by the way best seth green miming playing the guitar of the whole show i'm pretty sure mm -hmm. and they're just fucking adorable and i can't stand it mom and i are gonna have a pig out in Bidfest. it's a time-honored tradition among the loveless <laughs> oh, burn on joyce into it burn on <laughs> i like that angelus broke out his evil eyeliner oh yeah, yeah that's right that's right I, I, haven't, I haven't known about that. Things that are evil. Black boxes containing roses, eyeliner, and wearing black in general. Oh, smoking cigarettes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Smoking cigarettes. What's the deal with vampire healthcare? So Spike is still in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. He uh, presumably found that from someone and they murdered them. Oh, for sure. Uh, but like never breaking doctor's orders to get out of his chair. Like he, surely you want to like punch Angel. Like what is going on with you right now that you're so debilitated that... I don't see him doing PT. I don't see him, like, trying to, like, get up and, like, That's move true. around. What's going on with 
spike. I don't get it. It's a slow healing process. I guess so. Uh, Angel writes like a serial killer, which is appropriate because he is one. That is true. True. Homecoming t-shirts on sale now. It's February. This is bleak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were really fixated on that when you were watching the episode. Something that I was fixated on was that when Angel, presumably, yeah, that's right, Angel... It did happen this episode, right? The soon thing. As Buffy went to go answer the front door, Joyce's first reaction was, Better go to the back the door. Back door. <laughs> I was out of my mind at that moment. Yeah. What? Yeah, right, because he left it She left it at the back door, right? Because that's where Joyce yeah. brought it in. She came out from, like, <sighs> through the back door. Like, she'd gone Ooh. out into the yard and looked around. Unreal. So, call back to my actual AKA of, I hope it's a funny aneurysm, uh, when Buffy's walking through the house trying to find Joyce because she's like, inexplicably at the back door, mm. She's like, mommy, mom, mom. I was like, oh, the body. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, anyway, no. that upset me for Very a second. Yeah. yeah, you're in a dark spot right now. Um, Valentine's Day, yes. Um, Angel nails a puppy to the... Skip it. But... I don't want to know. I don't have a puppy. Skip it. And what... Just Why is that like, one of your favorite lines? That's so sad. <laughs> I know, just because the way that he's like... Skip it. Angel puppy. nails a puppy to a, I don't have a puppy, skip it. <laughs> like, but don't you? Skip it. Yeah. Soon what, Giles? You never held on a, You never held out on me until the big bad thing in the dark became my ex, honey. That's it. Big bad thing in the dark. Not the thing that goes bump in the night. That was the line. Mm. There you go. Became my ex, honey. Hey. Ex, honey. Back, bringing it back with the honey. Mm. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, Buffy has the strength of 10 rats in this episode. Chaos. Hi. I seem to be having a slight case of nudity here. But you're not a rat. So call it an upside. You think maybe you could get me some clothing? Yes, I can. Just uh, don't go anywhere. Because <laughs> yeah. she's a rat and she has the strength of 10 men. So proportionally, she has the strength of 10 rats. That's why she probably would have been <laughs> Strongest fine. rat ever. <laughs> she would have been fine with the trap, I feel like. She just would have been like, bounce it off, like flex her muscles or rat muscles. Push up. Be fine. Oz didn't have anything to worry about. Another one of my favorite lines, just because it, it sounds good, and I like when, and it's Xander, but. Goddess Hecate to you, I pray. With the Senate, with the Hecate. It makes me so happy. Um, but I wanted to say something else, and I forgot. Oh, yeah. There's a hazardous waste sign on Xander's door, and I'm like, way to be on the nose, guys. Uh, Joyce calling herself Joycey. Oh, that scene is specific. I Hi, actually Alert. <laughs> really, really enjoyed Christine Sutherland's face while she's like through the window. She's like, come on, let Joyce see. I was like, Ooh, this is very like uh, The Shining. I don't know what you're up to, Drew, but it doesn't amuse. <laughs> I just thought that oh, was so much. He's so peeved. He's so mad. Pothole. Giles and Amy are doing the unrat Buffy spell together. And then later in the series, we obviously cannot find a way to bring Did Amy back. Did they do back. the unrat Buffy spell or was it just broken because they broke the original spell? They were. They did too. They did too. They, did they were specifically doing the. Mm-hmm. And then the spell seconds. Look, I maintain that Giles knows the fucking secret to unratting Amy and, like, and just never it. says anything. Yeah. He must I mean, know some stuff about Amy that we don't know. <laughs> well, she's obviously turns out to be a terrible person, so he's trying to save Is herself. she a terrible person? I think she's just a little bit chaotic neutral. She tries to kill Willow in season seven, <laughs> and also in season eight, she brings Warren back to life After skinless. Willow. There was another amazing moment in this episode that I forgot about when Xander tries to barricade the door in the library, and then they just casually open it from yeah. the other side. Perfect. Almost <laughs> died. Perfect. That was, that was fantastic. So All right. Let's rank this sucker. Willow Hacks. Not a goddamn computer in this episode. Not even close. Five. Giles. I give him an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. He's got some corduroy. The disappointment. Oh, oof. 
scathing. And he saves the day with Amy. So we gave Joyce a six. Oh. Let's bring on the hate, friends. Okay. Yeah. You're giving her a pass. We open with her spending time with Buffy. She brings in a package for her. She, she went to the back door. She went to the front door. She could have been kidnapped and abducted in this weird town, and she would know nothing. Why did she go to the back door? Tell me why. It's true. But also when Xander and Cordelia show up to the house, she says, hey, where's Buffy? She actually gives a shit about where her daughter is, which makes her more good than bad in this you episode. You stretched so hard for her. You, this is yeah, your you fault. You secretly love Joyce. You, you set, think she's a good mom. You set the magic slash drugs precedent. You ruined it. So. I'd still give her a one. If five is her not showing up, that's the best she can do, <laughs> right? I say this is more good than bad. So therefore she gets a six. Sure. Monster Whatever of the Week. Xander has a bad guy via Amy, granted. It's, it's fun. They gave it an eight. Mm-hmm. And again, the special effects were cool. They've been turning the trope on its head. Friendship, only a five. Friendship, good or bad. Oz is really the only shining light in this episode because he's standing up for Willow and being defended. Everyone else is under a fucking spell. It's true. It's true. So it's like no none of it's real. No time to be friends. Yeah. And episode specific, Xander unleashed the great earthy spirit. One of ten. <laughs> convenient one of ten is convenient. Yeah, well, that's a 32 overall, so it's pretty low, but it's actually not the lowest of the season, which I knew it wasn't going to be, but it's still pretty low. I put it at number 14, so 14 out of 16 at this point. There you go. Behind, none other than Ted and Bad Eggs. Ooh, man. Tough room. What do you got? What you got? Do I hate this episode more than the pack? Ooh, this is a question for the ages. Ooh. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, it doesn't sound like you do, for what it's worth, but maybe you do. Who knows? I mean, I ha- I feel like I hate this episode equally. I think that, I feel like the crux of the difference is, in the pack, he did not have the choice to become a, a hyena. True. That's but fair. in Bewitched, Benighted, Botched, and Belittled, <laughs> he chose yeah, he to did. do what he did. Love it, love it, love it. Just because he had freedom of choice and chose incorrectly. That's a great reason to put this way less. I mean, that's a that is a solid argument. That's the most legitimate reason. Yeah, it's two very, very, very different things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with that in mind, I'm going to put it at 28 out of 28. Damn! (laughs) Worst of the series. Yes. Fantastic. Daniel, (laughs) I am putting this episode even lower than Stacia. I'm putting it at number 29 out of 137. <laughs> oh, man. Number 29. Damn. The highest by one. This is the highest one you ranked so one far. One above. One above. Yeah. One above Prophecy Girl? I forget whatever number one for me is. I can't remember. That's insane. Nah, it's great. It was a fun episode, and we talked about how bleak it would be without these episodes. I think it's the most fun throwaway one. Because we're about to get more to... more fun than, like, something blue or tabula No, no, no. Rasa those or... don't count because those are way better. That, season two. Season two world. No, those are all... Those are top tens, even. Those are way better than this He's one. He's taking up slots, though. I see what that face is for. Well, that's why it's 29. <laughs> it's like, I'm leaving tons of room for the good ones. But I think that this is... This is the most fun around. that we've had so far, in my opinion, on this entire season. Like, it's just garbage all the way until we get to... I like Killed by Death. <laughs> so there we go so Kill by Death is hey I've slotted it out baby 137 so we're ready alright Bewitch Bother Bewildered in the books uh, we actually take a little break before we get into arguably I mean maybe the best episode of this season Passion that'll be on the 24th of February so we'll see you then in the meantime you can follow us everywhere at Beat Me Pod so that's Twitter Tumblr Instagram do we have an Instagram sure mm-hmm. 
Uh, also, beatmepod.wordpress.com. And if you're into this sort of thing, you can listen to every song that's available on Spotify, that is, that's been played in the show so far, as well as a song from any album that's mentioned during our news segment. And that's will that it. song that you referenced earlier be on there? Heck yeah, it will be. Awesome. All the songs I reference will be on there. And that's Beat Me, hyphen, fun time playlist for podcast fans. Season two. Season two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, Daniel, say goodbye. Go get some cheese. Sasha, say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm wild again, beguiled again, a simpering, whimpering child again, bewitched. Bothered and bewildered am I? June had a moment where she thought you were going to get on the floor and play with her. Yeah. Now look at her broken heart. She's like, that's not, but you did it. I thought. You might still come. I give you my cutest sad face. Oh, if I just tear down all of your equipment. Hi, sweetie. Don't stop doing this if I break everything. Hi.